What are the seven most dangerous words in healthcare today in the 21st century? Let's talk all about it and resistance to change right here on episode 236 of The Nurse Keith Show. Well, hello and welcome to the Nurse Keith Show. I am, as always, so glad you're here. Whether it's your first time tuning in or you've been hanging out with me here on these virtual airwaves for months or perhaps even years, if you don't have anything better to do, thanks for being part of the growing Nurse Keith Nation. This podcast is always about you and your nursing career, and I'm here to share education, inspiration, ideas, diatribes, and informative interviews with some of the most inspiring people from the worlds of healthcare, nursing, and beyond. And do you know you can leave a rating and review for the Nurse Keith Show over on iTunes and Apple Podcasts? That's right. Leaving a rating of one to five stars and a written review really helps other people find the show. And if you email me at keith at nursekeith.com, let me know I have your permission to name you and read your review on air. I will thank you for all to hear. Meanwhile, if you want to see the show notes for this episode, you can follow along at nursekeith.com forward slash the word episode and the number 236. So what are those seven most dangerous words in healthcare? I believe they are, that's the way we've always done it. Those seven little words can really cause us a lot of trouble when resistance rears its ugly head. We are, as humans, habitual beings. We habituate to the things we do, the things we know, the way we like to do things, the things we think we don't like or don't know. Our habits can dictate a lot in terms of how we go about our work and our personal lives. We can easily, as humans, get bogged down in feeling right, in feeling righteous, and resistance to change, whether it's resistance for resistance sake, or it's resistance that's born from actual knowledge that something is not quite the right way to go. Resistance can be like an infectious disease. It's a staph infection, if you don't mind the pun. It can infect everyone, and it can scuttle some of the wonderful innovations and changes and new ways of practicing coming down the road. So who are those people who are naturally resistant to change? They're not the ones who are natural leaders or entrepreneurs, people who are highly invested in doing the right thing, showing up and trying to always improve, make things better, be better themselves, and pull everyone else along with them. The resistors may be more likely to be those who show up, do their job and go home. That's not a bad thing in and of itself, but they aren't really invested in their careers. They basically do it for the paycheck and they just want to get out of there and go home and not really have to think too critically about anything. People who resist change may or may not be fearful of technology, new technologies that keep emerging, it seems like every five minutes. And 
you would think that that resistance to technology is generationally oriented. You would think that millennials are the ones who are most embracing of technology and the older baby boomers and Gen Xers like myself are resistant. That's not always the case, though I do hear interesting stories about those generational differences. However, I am 55, born in 1964, right on the cusp of the baby boom in Gen X. I identify with Gen X, and that doesn't really matter. I'm just telling you that, just in case you were wondering. And it is important to me to always be embracing innovation and change. And I know many people my age and older who are open to new technologies. However, resistance is resistance. It can come from anywhere and anyone at any time. And we need to make sure that resistance gets checked when it is not based on critical thinking and a healthy perspective. So yeah, we resist technology. We resist new ways of doing things that take us out of our comfort zone. We resist things that go against our normal modus operandi. And yes, that new tech can feel scary when you're switching from one EMR, EHR to another. It's like, oh God, I got to learn all this new stuff now. I had such a great workflow. We also can resist when it feels like arbitrary change is being made and there's no evidence base for that change. Have you seen that in your workplace? Have you seen a leader, executive, or manager come by and say, we're going to do it this way? And you ask, well, why are we going to do it that way? What's the benefit? And they say, because I said so. Kind of like a 1950s father, you know, that quintessential stereotypical father from the mid 20th century who just said, because I said we were going to do it that way. And yes, there are those sorts of patriarchal leaders out there now female or male, who like to dictate and they rule with somewhat of an authoritarian hand, which doesn't always bring about positive change, just change because they're shaking things up and that's what they think should happen. Speaking of leaders, sometimes a new leader comes in who might be awesome, but we're resistant because they don't do the things that our old manager or leader did. So we might say, but Anne did it this way, and we don't like the way you're doing it. We don't like these changes. We don't like these new policies and procedures. Those are the things we resist, and boy, it can cause some trouble, especially if our resistance is actually keeping us from growing and evolving. You know, the term Homo sapiens, as I shared in a recent article over on Multibrief's news service, means wise man in Latin. And back in the day, millennia ago, there were many, well, quite a few humanoid, kind of human-like species living on the planet. And why did Homo sapiens emerge victorious? And why did all of the other species disappear into the dust of history. Now, we do know that there's some Neanderthal in our genome, and <laughs> I might say that you might know some Neanderthals right there in your place of work. There may be a Neanderthal who you feel like is a person who just comes down the hallway and bashes everybody over their head with their opinion or their bullying or whatever, but 
that aside, why did Homo sapiens thrive? Why did we not disappear? Part of it, I think, is because as a species, we were open to change and our prefrontal cortex, that executive functioning, really helped us to develop, to learn how to make the wheel, how to wield fire, how to make weapons, how to build homes and structures that would shelter us from the storms, etc. So that ability of us to move with change to evolve is what helped Homo sapiens explore the world and survive and emerge victorious and why Neanderthals, Cro-Magnons, and other proto-humans disappeared and vanished summarily from sight. So in the healthcare milieu, I already mentioned the Neanderthals out there who come crashing through your units at any time to shake things up and make everybody unhappy. In the healthcare milieu, our homo sapien nature, we are, as the science shows, wired for negativity. We're wired to be fearful of the saber-toothed tiger in the bush because we may need to run away, so we're wired to expect the worst. That's what the science shows. However, positive psychology and other forms of self-development and cognitive and intellectual and emotional and spiritual development show us that we can fight against that negativity and be more positive. And that's where change can truly happen. When we return from the break for the second half of episode 236, we're going to talk more about being a change agent and not resisting change for change's sake, but bringing change about when we feel it will really move the needle for us, our colleagues, our patients, and the places where we work. I will be right back for the second half of episode 236. So now we're going to take a pause for the cause for just a moment. Please consider becoming a patron of the Nurse Keith Show, just like other listeners who value the show so much that they want to give just a little bit each month to support the work we're doing here. When you pledge, you not only get the satisfaction of helping produce and support the show, you also get some pretty nifty premiums and gifts directly from yours truly. Just head over to patreon.com forward slash nurse Keith to read all about it. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash nurse Keith. Also, please consider signing up for my newsletter at nursekeith.com so that you can receive my bi-weekly message just for you. Finally, if someone you know could benefit from career coaching with me, please consider referring them. And if they become a paying client, even if they do one session, you'll receive credit for one hour of coaching with me. And there's no expiration date on that credit. And you can keep it in your back pocket until you need it most. Remember that you can refer as many people as you like and continue to earn those coaching credits over time. What a deal. Those are my sincere asks of you, dear listener. So now let's dig back into today's topic. Hey, well, thanks for hanging out here on the Nurse Keith Show. Yes, this is the second half of episode 236 and the show notes are at nursekeith.com forward slash the word episode and the number 236. Before the break, we were talking about 
Homo sapiens, Neanderthals, change, evolution, and resistance to change. And I started out this episode by telling you that there are seven words that I think may be the most dangerous words in healthcare today. And those are, that's the way we've always done it. How many times have you heard that? Have you said it yourself? Have you caught yourself saying it then realized, oh my God, I am really being resistant for no reason whatsoever, or because I'm just habituated, this is the way I've always done things, and I don't want anything to change around me. In this second half of the show, I want to talk about this notion of being a change agent. Yes, not all changes are positive. We know that. In the 1990s, when diagnostic-related groupings were created by Congress and were imposed on the managed care zeitgeist that we had at that time, it was crazy. We really created a mess in healthcare at that time. So many things have happened that have caused us trouble along the way. So no, not all changes are positive. People have varying opinions about the Affordable Care Act, the ACA. I have ACA insurance, so I'm quite grateful. But yeah, those changes are scary. And when we hear about changes to Medicare reimbursement rules, when we hear about HCAP scores and all this other stuff that comes down the pike that we have to deal with that affect the way we practice on a day-to-day and month-to-month basis, we can feel pretty resistant, especially when we feel the changes are not in our best interests or the best interests of our patients. But being a change agent in healthcare means that you naturally champion sensible, evidence-based change. We have the increased use of robotics, no matter how you feel about it, artificial intelligence, AI. These are here. The future is now. The robot army may not stealing all of the jobs out there, but they are going to take away some of them, just like the car did, just like... The locomotive took away jobs. Every technological development changes the economy and the way people work or the work they do. However, we need to understand that these changes are in some ways necessary and in some ways inevitable. Yes, the technological changes now are so fast and furious, nothing like the development of the car, the locomotive, or the steam engine, because that happened relatively slowly, but there are laws that have been shown out there or hypotheses or theses that show that the rate of change is so incredibly rapid right now that it is hard to keep up. And we can feel like we're getting blindsided left and right. However, as change agents, as entrepreneurs, as people who want to see the right thing done for the right reason, we can champion change because when the tide is rising, We've got to rise with it, or what happens? We drown. So when you see a change being proposed that you think is going to compromise patient safety, that it's going to compromise your ability to maintain your license, to practice legally and carefully and prudently, speaking up against that change is important. So In the news today on the New York Times, I read an article about nurses from the Tenet healthcare system, T-E-N-E-T, in a variety of states around the country are on strike for 24 hours at least because 
nurse-patient ratios are out of control in the tenant healthcare system, no matter how tenant says that they are trying their best to provide the best patient care possible. One nurse reported that rather than having four patients at a time, which research has shown is the optimal number for a nurse and anywhere over four starts to compromise morbidity and mortality significantly, I think by 7% per patient that's added over four. So they are striking because some of them are working with eight patients at a time. No, it's not the 1980s or 90s. This is 2019 and it is still happening today. The nurse-patient ratio issue is huge and it's been the backbone, the center pillar of the show me your stethoscope movement. I spoke at that event at the Capitol in Washington, D.C. not that long ago, I think in 2017 or 18, and that is a very important thing to keep your finger on the pulse of. So whether it's nurse-patient ratios, new technologies, new EMRs, new ways of practicing things, novel policies and procedures that are being introduced, speak up if you feel that change is not beneficial and could be harmful. And certainly as an entrepreneur and natural leader, like I know you are, speak up when you know the change is really for the best and help leadership usher that change through pushing aside or convincing, well, actually, don't push them aside, convince the naysayers that the change is inevitable and positive. So every facility, organization, healthcare agency out there in the ecosystem needs the influence of those who are going to champion positive evidence-based innovation. And that person is, drumroll please, you. You can use your critical thinking. You can use the nursing process for the good of the whole. You don't resist when it's unnecessary to resist and unhelpful to do so, but you push back against the changes that you know in your gut are not right. Change agents like you and entrepreneurs like you are the lifeblood of healthcare organizations' ability to evolve, just like Homo sapiens evolved millennia ago, and we're still evolving, of course. I don't need this pinky anymore or my appendix, but it's still there. We need to be able to champion it, to usher through, to shepherd change when we know change is for the best. If you are willing to embody that spirit of change, you are worth your weight in gold. And if you are a leader, you may be an executive or a nurse manager or a charge nurse out there. Know that people look to you to guide them when a new change is coming down. And you need to be able to use your head, use your heart, use your gut, your critical thinking, the nursing process to assess that change, champion it, or strike out against it if you know it is not for the good of the whole. So what are those seven most dangerous words in healthcare? That's the way we've always done it. If you hear those seven words, know that you should be pricking up your ears, opening them up wide, opening your eyes wide, and assessing the situation around you to see if those seven words actually are appropriate for the situation or if they are basically just throwing a wrench in the works when inevitable evidence-based practical prudent change is on the horizon.
Well, there you have it. Thank you for listening to episode 236 of the Nurse Keith Show. And those show notes are permanently live at nursekeith.com forward slash the word episode and the number 236. I will have a link to the New York Times article about the tenant strike all over the country. That's happening right now, this week in 2019, in September of 2019, for nurses striking for better nurse-patient ratios. I hope you feel uplifted, empowered, and inspired from this episode, and I encourage you to take inspired, positive action in the interest of your personal, professional satisfaction and happiness every day. And did you know there are job listings and other resources at nursekeith.com? That's right. Head over to nursekeith.com, click on resources, and there's a drop-down menu with jobs from Reload, jobs from ZipRecruiter, and quite a few other resources, including your ability to take one ACLS, BLS, or other course for free. Check it out. The Nurse Keith Show is edited and produced by Tim Hollowell and his team at thepodcastinggroup.com. And Mark Cappiespeason is our capable, consistent, and wonderful social media ringmaster. Be well, dig deep, seek joy, keep in touch. And this is Nurse Keith saying adios. Till next time from beautiful, sunny, gorgeous Santa Fe, New Mexico. I'm out. <laughs>